What's up ninjas and ninjas? welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website and in this episode I'm joined by Daisy Pollard. Now Daisy's come onto the show to talk about how images impact conversion rates and Daisy's area of speciality is about helping businesses create amazing images which actually help them sell more products and uh, we dig into all sorts of things from what makes good product photography to for e-commerce to also how you can use um, pictures of people and lifestyle type shots to improve the perception of any business that you're running whatever space that you're in really interesting interview so I'm sure you're going to get loads out of this also don't forget if you want some help with your digital marketing then you can request a free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. We are on hand to give you a hand with your digital marketing. That is the worst slogan ever. Editing team, feel free to cut that one out or just leave it in to show that we're real. Anyway, to get a free website and marketing review of your site and your digital marketing, just head over to Exposure Ninja and we'll take a look. So what happens is we'll ask you for a few bits of information in a questionnaire and one of the team will then spend about 30 minutes putting together a video review. It shows you a few things that you can do to improve your website's conversion rate and also the amount of traffic that you're getting from it as well. The review is awesome i cannot overstate this um, we have a lot of reviews all across the internet people saying how amazing this thing is so i can definitely recommend doing it anyway without further ado enjoy the show with daisy pollard daisy welcome to the show oh, thank you for having me so as you know, in this show, we go behind the scenes of a particular marketing channel, campaign or digital marketing strategy that you've used to grow businesses. We'll find out what you did, how well it works and what you've learned. Ready to lift the curtain? Absolutely. Perfect. So today we're talking about images on websites. So I guess massive question to start off with, how important are images to a website's conversion rate and can you think of any examples that you've worked on where just changing images has produced a lift in conversion rates? Absolutely. Um, to start with, images are uh, increasingly becoming the most important thing. Um, people process images 60,000 times faster than they do text and and that is what's driving them to click the button whether it's an ad that you know leads to your website or just to click continue to click through um your website oh there's i can give you a ton of examples but in my wheelhouse i can give you i'll give you one and uh one, it was one of our clients who was doing a t-shirt line and it was a uh, rastafarian inspired so like jamaican culture inspired and in the beginning they had these really crappy photos that were just like done like in like printful or something or cafe press where they were just super the images or the design was just superimposed on the stock model on the site and they were using those along uh, in the landing page of their site and throughout their site and it just looked really crappy and you can kind of see the cutout edges where they tried to superimpose like the beach background and <laughs> and stuff like that and and um <laughs> yeah and so we uh took their t-shirts reshot all of their stuff, um, put the models in, in environments. Um, we even uh, sent out the t-shirts to actual like influencers or content creators in Jamaica and people that were part of the Rastafarian community, especially as it's evolved, some of the younger people and, and had them create content. Um, I, and we tried to like cross over 
uh, with the uh, cannabis is really popular in LA now. And so we tried to cross over with the cannabis community and get some diversity. So that's just not about um, being Jamaican, but also being just uh, associated with the culture. And um, and their conversion rate like dr- like grew dramatically. And at that time, their Instagram was just growing a lot because they really had engaging images. They had images that resonated with people that uh, were associated with the culture. Um, and you know, kids like say, skateboarders in LA that had never really um, been embraced by the culture. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of were in their own in their own subculture, and um, and kind of brought it together. And so that was one of the examples where um, changing the images out and and really thinking about the customer, who the customer is, who's going to buy these T-shirts, what do they identify with, and um, and really you know speaking to them, creating content that really spoke to them. That's really interesting. I think, I mean, when, certainly when I've talked to e-commerce store owners, if they've got rubbish product images and we say you're going to need new images. You see the blood draining from their face because they think, you know, I've got X hundred products and I'm going to need this professional Hollywood studio set up to get all these things taken. But what you're talking about is actually just sending product out to basically the target audience and have them create the images themselves. Yeah, I mean, and we did we did that and we also took ownership where, you know, I have a small studio here. And so we actually we did a lot of the uh, the product shots here. And we cast it for the right type of model um, that would really speak to the brand. Um, mm-hmm. And then we did a lot of the supporting stuff. Like it would have been a lot of work and a, very expensive for this brand to uh, go to Jamaica and and do a shoot, right? So mm-hmm. the shortcut to that is to find content creators in that area, you know. And there weren't many, um, but this was a few years ago, and influencer marketing was still growing. And you know, it's it's an island, and the culture is very different, and and so just, you know, finding the few that could and, and that would was um, was enough. And uh, but m- a lot of the stuff that the core content that the site needed, we were actually able to do here. And uh, that was, you know, a game changer for them because before what they had was just not going to work. And, the, mm. and yeah, you're right. The guy was uh, the the founder of the T-shirt line. He was, you know, frustrated when he came to me and and he had spent money here, spent money there and, you know, was funding this from his other job. And and so it was a bit of a relief that we could provide a service that had value and that he could walk away with something tangible instead of like, oh, pay us and we'll market your stuff. And then what does that involve and and what do you have tangible you know, and, and he needed a lot of back end work on his site as well. But, you know, the the biggest value I thought that I could add to the for this person's business is, you know, you're trying to build an image based brand mm. and that needs to you, the first, the most important thing is the images. You know, you're selling a, a product that can easily be commoditized because, uh, you know, if you put it on Amazon or in any marketplace, someone in China is going to knock it off. So you really have to come out of the gate with sharp images that and and really get that get those loyal followers um, that are going to buy your product and live your lifestyle uh, right away because you're going to fight off people that are going to try to pirate your stuff. Yeah, so it's a great point. I want to dig into um, specifically the e-commerce side of things with you in just a minute, but I guess it's also worth saying at this point 
what we're talking about here, images on websites, isn't just for e-commerce owners, is it? I mean, I remember no, uh, we've got a travel agency client and just adding a, a personal image of the, the, the founder on a landing page improved their conversion rate dramatically. So this is also something that I guess a- any business that is relying on personality or any business that wants to convey personality, th- this is something that's really important for them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we've done a lot of uh, content for service-based businesses um, where they wanted uh, lifestyle photos, but uh, they didn't have, they didn't want to use stock photos like the generic mm. Shutterstock or something. And so we've gone out and created that for them. Um, and that's a really big market as well. And I think in that area, I find what sometimes what crosses over is uh front-loading like testimonial videos and people that have actually had experiences engaging with the service and the small business and so we've done a lot of of hand-holding with that and and getting the testimonials and making them authentic and providing actually providing the testimony the person that's giving the testimonial with the service you know that all that kind of stuff um it really it really makes a huge difference you know especially in this world now where we have in the online world is like the wild, wild west. You know, you've got everyone trying to be a service or a brand or a product. And and if you can't resonate with the person, the image that's on the screen, it, it tells a lot about legitimacy, whether you're a real business, a real person. There's a lot of service-based businesses that are, you know, front shops for something else. And they use stock, they pull stock photos and create fake, fake LinkedIn profiles and, and stuff like that. So I think now more than ever, really being, uh, having images that represent your brand, but also being in front of your brand, whether it's a service, you know, whether you're a travel agency or uh, an insurance provider, um, having that face on the website is really important. So I want to ask you a bit more about faces in particular, because I guess conventional wisdom these days with product images is that having pictures of people is is a good idea it kind of builds trust and it builds familiarity is that what you found as well i have found that but there are cases where um having product just products alone really works Um, i think in one area that that works really well is electronics and um you know i think uh, there's a lot of uh, electronic brands that have come out of nowhere that are, you know, small knockoffs of like the AirPods and uh, the Alexas and stuff of the world. And um, I think instead of having that 3D mock-up in the on white and the white background, uh, actually having it in an environment where um, it looks like it's in your home, you know, where mm-hmm. it's relatable. Can I imagine this on my kitchen counter? Uh, kitchen appliances is another area that is really, I think, a good place where you can have products without people in shots. Um, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of areas like that that I think it's effective. It can be effective to not have people in there, but have the product in a space where you can imagine yourself using that product instead of somebody else. Got it. So it's kind of projecting the use of the product and, and putting it in a real, which I guess is what when you're seeing an item of clothing on a person rather than just in this kind of space, you know, when you see like a, a t-shirt on this, 
I don't know how they do it, like a green screen mannequin or something, and it's just there. Well, actually, oh, when yeah. you see it on someone and you see it from different angles, you get a different vibe, don't you? So I guess it's about putting the product in a real world situation so people can imagine it a bit more. Exactly. And, and I, th there's a lot of psychology that goes along with that, right? Because it has to be the right setting. I think one company that does that really well is Wayfair. I don't know if you're familiar with the mm -hmm. furniture company. They yeah. do that really well. Like there's virtually no people on their website, but they do, they have a great way of making you think, man, that would be great in my house. And mm. yeah, they have a, they're really great about that. Um, they also have like the technology where you can now take a picture and, and superimpose the, whatever it is in your, in your house and see it like exactly where you want it, you think you want to place it. So there's that. But, um, but yeah, I think there are companies that do that really well. And, uh, and there's, there's some that don't, you know, that are, we really specialize in people. Um, because I think that's just my background. And that's where how I've evolved. And so I understand the emotional connection between um, people and products or people and services and, and even just people and ideas, and how to con convey that and, and get the emotional reaction. So let's say that there's a an e-commerce store owner listening, for example, and um, they've got a bunch of product photos on their website. Maybe some products might have one photo, some might have maybe three, but they've all been sent from a distributor or you know fulfillment company or something. How 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 does somebody know if they need new product photos when you're on a when you're on a website and you say you need new product photos. What are you seeing that enables you to make that decision? So I'm a person that, um, you know, I've been in the image business for a really long time. I have a, a vast modeling background. So, you know, I've been in front of the camera my entire life. Um, and you become, you learn how to tell when a photo is a stock photo from a manufacturer. Um, it just becomes like, like second nature. Mm. And, uh, and so I look at a site and I can tell right away. And uh, it, it's just something about the, the pictures and stock photography is generally conventionally taken a certain kind of way. Um, manufacturer photos are all pr pretty much always on white. Um, they're always like front, profile, back. Um, and, you know, there's the same models all the time. And the reason that is, is because uh, most of the manufacturers are in China. And so they import American um, and European models. And I've worked in China, so right alongside um, in these uh, in these uh, manufacturers. So I've, I know what it, what modeling for these companies is like. And you know, and you're doing like I don't know, 100 to 200 garments a day. You're wow. either working on one side. There's the backdrop. You you know, and and you you enter the the photo set in from one side, and you exit on the other side. Um, and then you go behind the backdrop and you take the, somebody is there to take off your clothes and put the next outfit on and you do the same thing over again. So it's a very efficient system, which does not allow for a lot of creativity or, uh, or thought in, in actually creating the content. They're creating that content so that they can sell you, uh, the retailer, they can sell you the products that you know, that are out this season. And it's a very fast, efficient process. So I be, you become very aware of what these images look like and how to spot them. And so when I'm on someone's website, I can see, I know immediately whether they're stock photography or whether 
and if they aren't, then somebody just took really bad um, product shots and they need to do it over. Um, and, and, and if you can reverse Google search that image and you see that there's other retailers that have the same images, I mean, that's a that, that giveaway. And a lot of customers, so for the less uh, sophisticated uh, consumer that doesn't know that these are stock photography, you know, they are on a lot of these fashion sites every day you know, shopping or especially I, I'm going to focus in on fashion. I think that is where you see a lot of the uh, manufacturer photos re reused over and over and over again. But it happens in other areas, too. Again, in electronics and a kitchen appliances, you can definitely go on Amazon and see the same garlic press about 50,000 times. <laughs> but um, but in fashion, you definitely see it a lot and uh, customers today, especially in America, are very, very aware that these are manufacturer photos and they feel a little bit burned by it because mm. um, previously, you know, they were buying from like all of the fast fashion e-commerce sites and the clothes uh, were coming and they didn't look like they did in the images on the models. Um, they didn't fit the way that the website said they would fit. Um, and then the models didn't reflect the consumer that was buying these products either. And so that's a big problem in that kind of space. Um, and so if you are buying wholesale or drop shipping even from China, then as an example, or Korea, um, then you definitely need to allow yourself some lag time to create the content um, to market to your particular audience. I suppose those product image factories that you're talking about with you know 200 garments a day their job essentially is to remove personality from the photos right they need to remove context from the photos because that photo needs to appear on a whole range of websites that might have different styling and different branding so it essentially needs to be as bland as possible and where <laughs> you're going with like lifestyle shots taking the rastafarian example that's in completely the opposite direction, isn't it? That's that's adding so much personality that the product is part of this bigger picture. So it's it's a completely different approach. It is. It is. And, I, and you know, I, what's happening now is that the, because uh, we're now in a global economy and, you know, a lot of things have changed. Uh, these manufacturers, like in China, are getting very savvy. Um, mm. There's one manufacturer that I know in particular, and we'll, I will try to keep nameless. Um, they're hiring African models because they know that their wholesalers, the people that are buying from their factory, are African, and they want to see the clothes, what they fit, how they fit on mm. an African woman, and um, and so they're putting African women there, they're, whether they're doing it actually in Africa, there's a lot of Africans in China, um, how they're doing it is, I don't know, but they are doing it. And they're even doing e-commerce sites with the same fashion that you can see targeted towards um, American audiences. They have duplicate sites with African models that are, that are customer facing um, uh, and they're targeting a different demographic. So I think that the world of images is getting very competitive because the manufacturers that you know have all the 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 whereabouts and all the resources to do this are learning very fast about uh, creativity, content creation, um, and they're learning from us. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. a it's coming full circle 
And so as we are in the West, you really need to consider images in, in your marketing strategy and be prepared to create uh, images that target your audience because the manufacturers are already doing it and they're already uh, considering targeting, you know, making these standalone e-commerce sites that target, that are very highly targeted towards a specific audience and a specific customer. So I want to try and, if possible, get you to distill all of your e-commerce product image knowledge into some pithy tips. <laughs> so if I'm an e-commerce store owner, I'm like, right, I need to nail my images. What do these images need to do? Like if they're going to be killer, I know mm -hmm. that I probably need to have them on a person, right? As step one. Yes. If it's fashion. Yes. If it's fashion, you definitely need to have it on a person. And I think that is, I don't, I don't think you can get away with that. Um, if they're electronics, then uh, I think you do need to have some really high resolution, high quality close-up images. People really want to be able to almost feel their technology through the screen. And I think that's important because it's a it's a, a, a investment and people are, you know, people, it's a high dollar um, purchase and people want to know what they're getting and uh, they want to be acquainted with it before it gets to their doorstep. Um, same thing with kitchen appliances um, and then seeing the product in their environment. Uh, I think knowing your audience is the I, I it's ranking for number one these days because there's so many like if you go on any you know Amazon for example and you look for any electronics or any kitchen appliance you're going to come up with a lot of listings and what's going to win is the the one that resonates the most with people and it's because they understand the consumer in this space you know I like to use the garlic press example um, because it's no longer it's, it's for a long time it hasn't been a good idea just to take a picture of a garlic press on white and put it up there but definitely now you need to know why this is the best garlic press and who needs this garlic press and um and so what i like to do is reverse engineer the consumer um understanding who the consumer is uh, and so like one of the examples that i can give you is uh when we sold this is something that i actually did myself and i sold linen pants and um, what I did was I piggybacked someone else's listing that had these same exact linen pants and I knew they did because I knew the manufacturer. And so I piggybacked it for two weeks and I sold the linen pants at the lowest possible price to see the volume. And I also shipped directly, so I didn't do fulfilled by Amazon. I, every time I would get an order and I'd run out of a pack, I'd go to the fashion district, which is a few blocks from me, and I'd buy a couple of packs and then I'd ship them out. And one of the things I would do is uh, research the customer. So I would look at what city and state they lived in so I can kind of understand their lifestyle and what they were doing every day. And then I looked on Facebook, I would Google search them and look on Facebook and see what they did for a living. So what I found with this particular customer is that they were sitting a lot. They either worked as a nurse or in the medical field, or they worked as like a customer service telephone support person or in something in that capacity that made them have to sit all the time. Most of the customers were uh, overweight, so they were uh, 1X to size 3X, and um, they couldn't wear uh, things they were uncomfortable around the waist, 
So when, oh, I don't know if guys have the same experience, but women definitely do. When some, when you're sitting all day and something is constricting your belly, then that can be very, un, it's extremely uncomfortable. Um, and also it, it doesn't promote good blood flow. So a lot of the women were having problems with like uh, swelling in the legs from sitting all day. Um, they were having problems with the waistband. If they wore traditional pants, the waistband, like really leaving marks around their waist. Um, and just like a lot of discomfort and, and these pants allowed for, uh, the, the waist is soft and it's uh, light for us. So it folds over and it's nice and soft on the body. And also, uh, with the pants, they were the one X to three X was kind of very flexible. So even if you weren't, if you were one X, but you weren't quite a two X, you could kind of, uh, go in between and, um, and it prevented the friction between the legs. So if you walk and your thighs are rubbing together, then you didn't have that friction. And so I really researched this customer, as I you can, can tell. tell. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, the this is pro this is a very niche product right now, and a lot of people don't know about this because the image, the images, and the copy on this page do not reflect what who this customer is. And so mm. I got one of my friends who's a plus size model. I said, can you come over to the studio and can we do some? We're going to do some shots in these pants. You know, I explained to her why. And then we did a bunch of photos of her sitting in these pants at a desk being, we showed how the pants could go from work to uh, evening because that's a big category for women, um, especially women that have restrictions with clothing and they can't just put on anything. And so we dressed them up, we dressed them professional, um, we shot them in several different colors. Um, and we really just focused on showing the comfort and ease of wearing these pants. Um, and then we built out a separate listing and um, we used these images. We made the copy so that the customer understood that these are the most comfortable linen pants that you can wear uh, any time of the year. And I called them all season linen mm -hmm. pants. So Love they that. just just weren't for summer. Um, and because so, I found that women, we sold these pants through like December. And, they, and so we also, we, I increased the price to between like 40 and $60, um, depending on the color and the time of year. And, um, and they continue to sell. So um, they sold like a lot, a lot of, a lot of these pants. And, um, and that's one of my prideful examples of changing out the images. I'm very proud of that project. So that's amazing because you've basically taken a pretty generic product that was available in all sorts of different sizes and you've kind of, like you said, reverse engineered your audience and then designed the product images specifically for that audience. So you've kind of created a new product, haven't you, out of something that already existed? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my general philosophy is, uh, you know, people have always asked me, uh, would I, am I ever going to create a product myself? Right. And, um, and my answer has kind of been like, no, I don't have any new ideas. I know how existing ideas can be done better, but I don't really have any new ideas. And, and if I can't create something new, that's valuable, you know, I don't want to do the next shiny thing of the day, but I can definitely create, recreate something that already exists. That's mm. probably being underutilized. Um, and so that's kind of what I like to do is take things that already exist and look at them differently. Love it. 
I want to ask you about product demonstrations because I noticed on the on the site some of the examples you've got you're kind of demonstrating how to use a product and I'm a big fan of infomercials every time I go over to the US I try and find the shopping channels and watch the fantastic infomercials I'm probably one of the only people in the world that goes on YouTube and actually hunts out old infomercials as well to watch and I'm fascinated by the impact that a good product demonstration can have we had the guy from scrub daddy on the show as well and he they basically built that business based on these amazing product demonstrations but it feels to me like Product demonstrations these days are a bit of a lost art. Not many e-commerce sites actually bother with them at all. They just have a few images and, and then that's kind of it. So, I mean, what's your take on the importance of product demonstrations? And, and if you think they're good, then what makes a good product demonstration? I think so. I'm with you. I love watching a good product demonstration and I love the shopping channels and all of that. All of that. And I think there's been some really great growing up in my generation anyway tv there were some really great uh, infomercials and product demonstrations out there um i think that, that has become a lost art because uh, people don't know the business behind the product demonstrations they don't know why they exist they think that it's just about selling a product you know and so i've been sent for example a lot of products to they say do a product demonstration and I'm like, okay, well, let's break this down. What is the most important things that you want to show in this product about this product? Um, who is your customer? What do they look like? And what do they do every day? What do they do all day? No, just demonstrate it on camera. And I'm like, so you just want me to turn on the camera and then demonstrate this product for you. Like it, it, there's no thought to it. And mm -hmm. I think that is because of websites like Fiverr. So mm -hmm. if you go on a website like Fiverr, you can basically get anybody to do a product demonstration and it cheapens, it, it no longer becomes an art, it's just a commoditized service. And most people have never done a product demonstration before. They turn on their webcam and they go, okay, I have this and I'm gonna do that. Um, and on the, on the other spectrum though, YouTube and beauty, now we call now it's beauty influencers, but before it was just like content creators, you know, they get show you how to do a winged eyeliner. Like that is a very complicated thing and to do. And especially after you've done one eye and you have to do the second eye, the second eye is much harder than the first eye. Um, and to see a demonstration where it's done very well. And then there's the artistic aspect of it, the music, the mood you create, you're creating this whole like experience for the viewer. And that is the art of product demonstrations. And that is really what sells, you know, all of the makeup that's on YouTube. And especially compared to the fact that from a business perspective, color cosmetics sales are down, have been down for like 10 years. And so the influencer community on YouTube is the only thing keeping this, this industry up. And that's because of do people that do great product demonstrations in the beauty and cosmetic space. Um, and so I think that there's been like a bifurcation where there's really crappy people doing it on Fiverr. And then there's the really sophisticated people doing it like on YouTube. Um, and so I think that uh, there are other companies that have done it really well, like Sandwich Video. They're basically have elevated product demonstration videos for 
Uber, Lyft, all of the big brands, they are, they've become excellent at that. Um, and then there's a few others. I just worked with this uh, advertising company called Advertisement, and they do, uh, one of their clients is a hair product company, and um, I did an infomercial with them for like a short form, basically for uh, Facebook ads on how to use their product, uh, the hair product. And there, there has become a scientific way of doing it for each platform, you know, mm -hmm. um, but there is not one way across the board. But again, I, they're, they're so important. And if you can learn what makes a good product demonstration video good, then you are one step ahead of everyone else that's just holding it next to their face and going, look at this and let me yeah. show you how it works. <laughs> I mean, so, some, yeah, like you say, product demonstrations can sometimes essentially just be unboxing videos, can't they? And here's what you get. And here's, like, I mean, I could do a yes. winged eyeliner demonstration, but it probably wouldn't <laughs> be much good. And I don't think I'd sell much eyeliner. So w let's say that we're, the channel that we're going to be doing it on is, is on your website. So on a product page on a website, you're going to have a little demonstration video. Let's, let's use eyeliner, right? What are some of the things that you would want to see in that product demonstration to make it compelling so that you knew it would lift conversion rates? So I think um, if you're doing it on a standalone website uh, and let's just say, let's say it's eyeliner, you can't have just one uh, person doing it, right? So you have to, it's not gonna be just like a straightforward, like this is how you do an eyeliner. It's gonna be a mashup. Um, you know, it's gonna have an intro, it's gonna follow a storyline. So uh, intro, you know, middle, beginning, middle end. Um, in the middle, though, you need to show more than one person putting it on. So, uh, like, so in the in this beauty world, there's something called a hooded eye and there's an unhooded eye, right? And so it's it has to do with the way that your eyelid folds over, uh, your upper eyelid folds over, and the way that you apply eyeliner for a hooded eye or un unhooded eye is is different. And if you're trying to sell the best eyeliner in the world, well, both audiences are going to want to see that because there's a substantial uh, demographic on both sides. It's not mm -hmm. just like most people are hooded and very few people are unhooded. It's probably about 50-50. Um, so you really have to, you have to show that in some kind of way. Uh, and a, product, a really good product demonstration, I, I think it's more elegant if it's voiced over than, mm -hmm. um, than if all of it is direct to camera. Um, I think that it's very difficult for the person that's demonstrating to also make eye contact with the camera and talk about how to do it. I think that it applies in some cases, but I think having the B-roll and the voiceover, it's just elegant. And um, I think in some of the best infomercials or, or product demonstrations in, in the world that has been applied. Um, and I think that's true, uh, actually, because yeah. in, a, in an infomercial, you'll have the presenter, won't you? And they'll be talking typically while another presenter is actually doing the demo. It's yes. not usually one person trying to do it all because they'd just be on the floor in a heap. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard, right? And um, and I can tell you from someone that's done it, it is really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> You're falling all over your floor. Oh, my God. You've been on a floor oh, in a heap. <laughs> I, I Covered have, in eyeliner. Actually, there's, well... <laughs> Something like that. Um, there's been, there's definitely been moments where it's just been hard. Um, uh, and uh, I think also, you know, can telling the story of what 
the narrative of the person that this product that you're demonstrating is good for. So I used to love those infomercials from the 80s and 90s where, you know, it was like the car, like car cleaning or something or removing a scratch. And it showed the person coming out and seeing their car and it's scratched and they have like the disappointed look um, or like they're trying to wash the car and they're falling all over themselves um, because they're tripping over the water hose or, you know, they're not they're not professional, they're everyday people. And they're everyday people that are struggling, that have a struggle that they're trying to fix or solve, they're trying to get through, right? And I think it just all comes down to life is hard. Here's something that helps you make it a little bit easier. Um, I think that is always the the uh, hero's journey when it comes to uh, the product demonstrations and the infomercials is that there's a hero's journey. There's someone that starts out and trying to figure out how to do something. You know, I just had a baby. I'm trying to change a diaper or my wife left me at home and I got to mop the floor. And, you know, I mean, there's always there's always these dynamics. And, and that's what you're playing towards these dynamics of 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 struggle and success or making it easy. Uh, and that is the that has really revolutionized in a lot of ways. I don't want to get into historical advertising, but that is revolutionized in a lot of ways, advertising, you know, and uh, yeah, consumer engagement. I love it. I love it. Daisy, we've got to wrap up now. I've really, really enjoyed this though. Thank you so much for coming on to share your wisdom. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, um, yes. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, my product model. So it's myproductmodel.com. And um, you can find me on socials at Daisy, D-A-I-S-I, um, Pollard, P-O-L-L-A-R-D. And I'm pretty much everywhere on every platform. And um, if you have any questions about product photos, you can definitely uh, email me through, through my, my product model. Perfect. And we'll get that linked up in the show notes as well. Daisy, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Hope you found this video useful. And remember, if you enjoyed it, click the little like button. If you want to check out more videos from Exposure Ninja, then don't forget to hit the subscribe button and that little bell icon, or leave us a comment if you've got any questions or suggestions of things that you'd like to see us cover in future. Don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, then you can head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request a free website and digital marketing review. What will happen here is we'll ask you a few questions about your website and your goals. And one of our team will then put together a 15 minute video where we'll show you how to improve your website's ranking, your traffic and your conversions. It's completely free of charge. I know, crazy, right? But danger, there is a chance that you'll become a client after seeing this review because it'll blow your socks off. I have to be honest, but don't let that put you off. Go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.